There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, listeners. Here's the first podcast episode for 2019, and it's sponsored by italki. Maybe you've made a New Year's resolution to work on your English, in which case you might want to use italki to get some one-to-one lessons with a teacher for general fluency work and confidence, or perhaps to prepare for something specific like a job interview or an exam in English. Uh, because italki sponsor this podcast, they are offering you a free lesson when you buy some talking time. To get the offer, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk, set up a profile with italki free, choose the language you want to learn, and then immediately start browsing the teachers they have there. It's a very professional and proper service, and it's really convenient because their lessons are done on Skype or other similar software. Kick off your new year by booking some lessons on italki, teacherluke.co.uk slash talk, or click an italki logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, 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 and indeed, hello. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2019. This is it. We've arrived. Unless you live in a part of the world that has like a totally different calendar to, to the one that I'm using. In which case, happy, just happy day, I suppose. But for everyone else, happy new year. That's actually the 10th time I've said happy new year on this podcast, not in this episode, but I mean generally on the podcast. It's the 10th time I've said happy new year in a podcast episode in January, because this is the 10th year of Luke's English podcast. This is the 10th January of LEP and the 10th new year podcast episode. Imagine that. 10 years of this. In fact, you don't need to imagine it because it's actually true and real. So just know that a decade of me doing this. Actually, the official 10-year anniversary is coming up in April, the 12th of April to be exact. Uh, There will be more on that later in the year, I expect. But anyway, hello. I hope you're doing fine. I hope you are absolutely, totally, wholly and completely 100% fine so that when someone asks you, Hey, how are you? You can put your hand on your heart and say with total sincerity that you really are fine, like fine wine. I'm doing all right. Thanks very much. Thanks for asking. I'm happy to be talking to you again on the podcast in 2019 this time. Here we are in the future, 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 future. I'd like to say a big hello to any new listeners who might be listening to this for the very first time right here, right now. Hello. I often get new listeners at this time of year. So if you are a brand new listener, then hello and welcome to my podcast. If you're a long-term listener as well, then hello too. Nice to have you back. You're looking great. Would you like a biscuit? No, you're on a diet. 
New Year's resolution? Okay, good for you. Well done. Keep it up. But hello to any new listeners I have and welcome. This is a podcast for people learning English, people who love English and anyone who is just interested by all the cool things that come to you when you choose to learn a language. In this case, that's the language that we call English. British English, to be exact. Thank you for choosing to listen to me in this episode, and I hope you stick with us and join my audience of listeners all around the world. Maybe you're listening to this because you've made a New Year's resolution to improve your English. And you thought to yourself, you thought, I'm going to improve my English in 2019 and start listening to a podcast in English or something like that. Maybe that's what you were thinking. Well, I think you've come to the right place. Welcome one and all. What is this episode all about? Well, this episode is a summary of what this podcast is all about. What is Luke's English Podcast? And uh, this is for the benefit of new listeners and uh, for the old listeners as well, in case you've just forgotten what this podcast is or something. And it's also a reminder of how you can use this podcast to improve your English. Um, And I'm doing this in the general spirit of the new year period, which is often about re-evaluating what you're doing, re-establishing your objectives, and generally taking stock. Taking stock, that's a nice phrase. It means doing a general assessment of the present situation, having a look at what's going on now, seeing what you've got and what you're doing. That's taking stock. Um, you can say, for example, I'm taking stock, or you, if you want to add something to the expression, you use of. So, for example, it's normal at this time of year to take stock of things or to take stock of your life, for example. So, taking stock. Taking stock is also something that you do if you own a business, when you count all of the stock that you have in your shop or warehouse, for example. Uh, when I worked for a big music shop in Liverpool many years ago, we regularly had to take stock or do a stock check. And that basically involved counting all the CDs and DVDs that we had in the store so that we could be completely sure what we had, uh, the value of what we had and so on. And that helped the store managers to manage the business effectively. So that's taking stock in a shop. In all honesty, doing the stock check at the shop completely sucked because you had to physically count every single item in the shop and do it while the, the shop was closed, which meant staying at work until it was very late and everyone was hungry and annoyed and having to count things all evening. So anyway, that was taking stock or doing a stock check in the shop that I worked in many years ago. Um, but here we're taking stock of this podcast and hopefully taking stock of this podcast will be a bit more enjoyable than taking stock of many thousands of DVDs and CDs at 9.30 in the evening in a now defunct business which used to be located on Church Street in Liverpool. By the way, folks, if you're new to the podcast, um, I went to university in Liverpool. I lived there for four years. Um, I studied at university and then I, I stayed in Liverpool for another year and I worked at, as I said, a big music shop in Liverpool and did other things too. But I'm not from Liverpool. I'm from London and the Midlands. I'm from England. Yeah, anyway. So uh, we also take stock of our lives when we just evaluate or assess where we are, what we're doing, what we've got and what we need. And in this episode, I'm welcoming new listeners and taking stock of this podcast and just reminding everyone 
what it's all about and what we're doing, why we're doing it, and generally what you're listening to. My podcast episodes are quite diverse. I move around and talk about lots of different topics, but sometimes it's worth just reminding ourselves that this is all about learning English, making sure that we're all enjoying it, and knowing that there is method to the madness here. Yes, it's not just someone talking. There is method to the madness. Um, so in this episode, I'm going to talk about the aims of this podcast, ways in which you can use this podcast to improve your English, how this podcast works, and the different ways that you can listen to it. So first of all, the aims of the podcast. Um, so the first thing is, I think that people should do more listening, basically. Um, people learning English. I mean, obviously, people in their lives need to do more listening. We need to listen to each other more. But I mean, in terms of learning English, I think that people should be doing more listening. And I want to help people to listen to more English, because I just know that it's a really important part of the language learning process. I say I just know, because, well, I do just know it from my experience of being an English teacher for nearly 20 years. I've realised that doing plenty of listening practice with the right kind of audio resource is a very healthy thing to do for learners of English. I mean, not just healthy, not for like for your blood pressure or something, but for your English, of course. Uh, to be honest, it's not just listening. You know, everyone could do more practice in general, but people usually read. They do grammar exercises and stuff. Those, those are the things that people usually do when they're learning a language. They kind of like go, okay, we're learn I'm learning English, so I'll get a grammar book or I'll, you know, I'll do my grammar exercises or I'll read. I read a lot. And also TV series. People these days are watching a lot of TV series, probably with subtitles. Um, but the thing is that um, I think just listening seems to get a bit sidelined. Just listening regularly is very healthy for your English. That's true. And I think that most people would agree with it. Obviously, it depends on what you listen to. We'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, so it's true, I think, that just listening regularly is very healthy for your English and everyone agrees. However, the majority of learners that I've met over the years during my career just don't do this. Most people don't just don't do enough listening while learning English. And I find it hard to understand how someone can think that they can learn a language without actually hearing that language being spoken a lot. How can you know the language if you haven't actually heard it being used very much? I think the problem is really that people don't know what to listen to and they find it hard to get listening into their everyday lives. Of course, we now have all the films and TV series that you can find online with Netflix, for example. But I believe that podcasts can really help people to get more English listening into their lives. I'm a believer in podcasts. That's why I have one. And it's, it's worth making a point here about the different types of listening that you can do. Let's say you've decided that you need to do more listening. So what do you listen to? People often say, well, I will listen to the BBC News. That's what people often say. People will often assume that listening to the news is the right thing to do. And it can be great, of course, and it's better than not listening to anything. But I think there are probably better things to listen to than the news. You need to, you know, you need to find things that are essentially uh, not too difficult to understand, things which are a bit natural. And you see, because the thing is that the news is really hard to understand and the news readers 
don't talk like normal human beings. They have a particular way of speaking and they use particular, particular words in a certain style. Nobody in the real world actually talks like that when they have normal conversations. Instead, it's better to listen to something more uh, conversational and closer to the kind of English that you need for socialising, for building relationships with people, for doing interesting presentations at work and things like that. And the news is not necessarily ideal for that. For example, let's look at a quick dialogue. Uh, we're going to hear first the natural version, and then we'll hear the news version. Okay, so here's the natural version. It goes like this. Hi, Luke, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. You? I'm pretty good, thanks. Did you have a good Christmas break? Yeah, it wasn't bad, thanks. I just spent a week at my parents' place, and we ate far too much food, and just generally relaxed with my family. It was nice. Okay, that's the kind of normal version. Now, here's the news version of that. This is how that would be done uh, with the language of news, right? So it would go like this. Hi, Luke. Welcome to this conversation. Today's top story, how I spent my Christmas holidays. This report from me. A traditional British Christmas has long been known to involve drinks, gifts and a meal of roast turkey with vegetables. And this year was certainly no exception. Local reports have indicated that the Yuletide season was spent in the usual manner, with a gathering of family and friends who joined together at the family home where wine was drunk, turkey was consumed and, like many revellers during the festive season, falling asleep on the sofa was an unavoidable consequence typical of the season's indulgences, which certainly were a common sight this year in households all over the country. Like, what?! Uh, so the point here is that people might assume that the news is the right thing to listen to, but there are better options. And podcasts are great, especially mine. I'm joking. Obviously, other podcasts are available, of course. Anyway, I could go on and on about the benefits of listening. Instead, I'll just repeat that it's very healthy for your English to listen to natural speech, which is engaging and entertaining on a personal level, which is not too slow, but also not too fast, which is clear, uh, which just involves the sort of normal, natural uh, words, phrases and speech types that you hear in normal conversations. Um, the sort of English which you just enjoy hearing. And it's important to do it regularly and hopefully for more than just a few minutes at a time. So my first basic aim with this podcast is to help you to listen to more English, listen longer and listen more regularly and to listen to the right kind of English speaking. So first and foremost, just listen. As a starting point or foundation, just listen. That's all you need to do. Just listen to my podcast or indeed other podcasts because I didn't invent this whole this whole speaking and recording your voice and putting it online thing, of course. The main thing is that you just do plenty of listening. I hope that you enjoy it and actually want to listen to what I have to say, because if you enjoy this, everything else becomes so much easier. Of course, my podcast won't be for everyone, but I hope that you, yes, you, actually choose to listen to this, not just because you know that you need to improve your English, because someone told you that you had to do it, like your dad or your boss, or if you work for your dad, your boss, who is your dad, or your dad boss. Anyway, hopefully you listen because you choose to, not because your dad boss or your boss, whatever. 
not because someone told you to do it. So don't do it because you feel like you should, but you know, do it because hopefully uh, listening to my episodes is somehow just enjoyable for you. Another aim, and this is fairly obvious, but still needs to be said, an aim, by the way, an aim is like an objective. It's just something that you intend to achieve. Okay, so another aim, which may be obvious, but it still needs to be said, is this, I aim to help you improve your English. Duh, of course. Uh, To expand your vocabulary, to build your grammar, to increase your awareness of natural pronunciation in English, which in turn should help you with your own pronunciation or accent, if you like. Listening to my podcast can help you with those things, and it has helped lots of people. How do you know, Luke? Well, because people write to me and they tell me that it has helped, and I believe them. They tell me about their IELTS scores and how difficult it used to be to use English in the past and how much better it is now after persevering with my podcast for some time. And no doubt doing other things which have helped. I can't claim all the credit. No, no, no. Oh, no. No, I can't. I can't claim all the... Oh, no, you're too kind. You are. Okay. All right. Well, if you insist. Okay. Yes, it is. It's all thanks to me. Um, No, but seriously, uh, I can't claim all the credit, but I'm sure it has helped a lot of people because they've told me. They've told me. They've written to me and they said, Luke, thank you. Your podcast has helped me with my English. Best regards, a listener. Usually they're a bit longer than that. But anyway, you get the idea. So I want to help you improve your English. And I am a teacher. So that's good, isn't it? That helps. Yes, I am an English teacher for adult humans, and I have been for a long time now, but I don't always teach English directly in normal episodes of this podcast. That's not what I'm always doing. These are not like, I mean, these episodes aren't really lessons in the traditional sense. In many cases, I'm just talking to you about something that I just want to talk about or that I hope you will find interesting. Because remember, the first aim is to help you just to listen to more English to listen regularly for longer periods long term. So I'm not always teaching you. In some episodes, I, well, in some episodes, I am definitely teaching you language points. There are episodes in the archive dealing with grammar, vocabulary and pronunciation. And these days, I do plenty of direct language teaching in my premium episodes, which are available for premium subscribers. In those premium episodes, I explain language, I demonstrate it, give you tests and pronunciation drills using my particular set of skills. And you might think, oh, that sounds wonderful, Luke. That's obviously what you're thinking. How do I sign up for that? Well, you can sign up for LEP Premium at teacherluke.co.uk slash premium, or just go to my website and click premium. And if you do that, you'll get access to all of the existing premium episodes and any new ones when they are published, plus new phrasal verb episodes and more, all for the price of a coffee every month. So anyway, I do teach language more directly in the premium episodes, but the normal free episodes like this don't always contain direct English language teaching. Instead, I mainly just talk to you. And this is my 18th year as a professional English teacher. I've got lots of experience of talking to learners of English Although, obviously, in my classes, it's not just talk, 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 because we know teacher talking time is a uh, terrible thing. So it's also listen, listen, listen when I'm a teacher. But anyway, on the podcast, I can talk, talk, talk. That's the point. So, in, you know, and I've, as I said, I've, been, I've got lots of experience of 
talking to learners of English. So in a way, I, I just can't stop teaching. Even when I'm just talking to you, I'm still teaching you, even if it might not be 100% obvious. I explain things as I go. I try to talk clearly, but also naturally. I try to use good microphones so that you can hear what I'm saying. I think, uh, I think also that I know what my listeners will and won't understand. I mean, obviously, it depends on your level. I mean, let's be honest. I think this podcast is pitched at a upper intermediate to advanced level, although I do have intermediate level students and even sort of lower intermediate level students who listen to this. It kind of depends. If your level is, let's say, B1 and below, it's probably going to be quite a challenge to listen to all the episodes all the way through. Uh, you, 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 A lot of things will pass you by. You might not understand them, especially when I'm talking to guests those conversations start to get more difficult. When I'm on my own, if you've got a B1 level, you could probably follow what I'm saying generally. Um, so it depends on you and your own motivation. But I would pitch the general level of the podcast at like B2, C1, and even higher. I have some listeners who are who, who have English as a second language, but um, they are proficient and they listen. I've got people teaching English in different countries who listen. I've got, you know, English teachers who listen to this. It's for, it's for everyone, basically, but I would say probably the level is upper, intermediate, advanced and above. Anyway, what was I saying? So I explain things as I go. I try to talk clearly, but also naturally. I use good microphones so that you can hear what I'm saying. I think I know what things my listeners will and won't understand. And I keep this in mind at all times, while also just talking to you in what I hope is an engaging way, always trying to make sure that you listen more, listen longer, listen regularly and listen long term. And if all goes according to plan, you enjoy it too. Um, How can I keep you listening? This is the one question. Well, I try to entertain you as we go to make you laugh sometimes, like when you're on a bus or walking down the street, maybe, and you might laugh and people look at you like, who's that weirdo smiling? Uh, As if there's anything wrong with smiling. So anyway, I try to make you laugh or amuse you or just hold your interest somehow. Hopefully, I manage to entertain you or make you laugh. I don't really know, of course. Only you can be the judge of that. Is this entertaining? I don't know. Only you can decide. Uh, But I try to make it entertaining as we go. I make it personal, which means I talk from the heart, talk about things I'm passionate about. I put some soul into it, I hope. Hopefully this makes the podcast authentic and genuine rather than just self-indulgent or something. I tell stories about my life and about other things that I know about. I talk about language learning in order to give you ideas and keep you motivated. I interview guests and just chat with friends and family. Many of my friends are stand-up comedians, and so it's generally pretty fun and funny to talk to them. And members of my family are frequent guests on the podcast. My dad, for example, often comes on to talk about politics, especially Brexit. And my brother and I like to talk about music and films and things. Sometimes I have other guests like people I don't know as friends, but who are interesting to feature on the podcast for whatever reason. Like, for example, when I spoke to the linguist David Crystal a while ago. I sometimes talk about silly things and just have fun talking nonsense for its own sake. But I also talk about serious topics too when I'm in the mood. I talk about culture 
This means things like films, TV shows, comedy, music, also some history and politics and stuff like that. I explain comedy, often British comedy, stand-up TV shows, sketches, jokes and so on, which is a complicated and yet very rewarding thing to do. It's one of my favourite things to do, is to talk about comedy. And I've done lots of episodes where I explain some bits of comedy that you can listen to, uh, so that you can understand all the jokes and understand it like a native speaker would. So that you don't just go, what is this, British humour? Which is a very stupid thing to say, of course. The idea is that you don't say that. Because hopefully you can understand it. And then you're like, oh, this is just funny. It's not just... Yeah, because people say that. People say, oh, this is British humour, which is ridiculous. I mean, really what that means is, you know, when someone says that to me, oh, this is British humour, I feel like saying, no, 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 this is bad listening skills. Because if you really understand it, you wouldn't really have that response, I think. Anyway, talking about my podcast like this, in this episode sounds a bit pretentious i'm realizing now like oh i do this and i do this it sounds like i think it's a really big deal like hey guys my podcast is like kind of a big deal like it sounds like i think that like it's like a sort of a charity that protects works of art or looks after the dreams of children or something you know like here at luke's english podcast we are committed to honoring the legacy of william shakespeare and keeping the dreams of children alive Um, obviously it's just a podcast, but I do try to do my best to make it good. Anyway, so all of it's designed to keep you listening, keep you interested in order to help you improve and maintain your English as we go along. That's the idea. So what have I learned about learning English and how does this relate to the podcast? Uh, allow me one thing at this point, allow me to just drink some of my tea. Uh. Um, because, right, sometimes what I do when I'm recording a podcast is I'll, before I come upstairs, I'll make myself a cup of tea and then I'll bring the cup of tea upstairs where all my stuff is and then I'll start recording and then the tea is just sitting there because I haven't started drinking it yet but, you know, I'm in the middle of recording and I just, every now and then, keep looking at the tea going, oh, that tea's getting cold. Why did I bother making it if I'm just going to sit you know sit there looking at it while i'm recording so sometimes i do have to say to you sorry excuse me guys just gonna have to have some of my tea here okay you don't mind do you no you can have a tea break as well if you like at this point mm-hmm. i'm actually downing the tea at this point not really the the right way to drink tea you're not supposed to you're supposed to kind of you know mm, sip it and go oh that's nice that's a that's a nice cup of tea you're not just supposed to go and just drink the whole thing in one go which is exactly what i'm going to do now i know you didn't need to hear all of that silence anyway you can you can now uh rest assured that i have had tea and so everything's all right in the world Okay, so what have I learned about learning English and how does this relate to the podcast? Well, based on my experience, my academic reading and the many language learners that I've met over the years, here are some important elements in learning a language and how this relates to my podcast. Um, so it's it's possible to talk about this forever, but I'm going to try and keep it simple by breaking it down into just three things. Okay, motivation, practice and time. There are, there are other factors, of course, 
But let's just keep it simple at the moment. So we'll start with motivation. This is the main one. You have to want to learn the target language. If you don't really want to learn the language, you probably won't because learning a language means making personal choices about you and your identity and then devoting time to it, making compromises in your life and perhaps letting some other things go while you prioritize your language learning. Um, that's right. If you If you're serious about doing it, you will have to make some adjustments in your life. You need to have internal personal reasons for learning the language. Nobody can learn a language for you and nobody can be motivated on your behalf. The motivation must come from you. For example, your dad, or I'm just using your dad as as an example here, or your boss or your dad boss or whatever, your dad might be really motivated for you to learn English. It might be really important to your parents, but you might be like, eh... Um, but you know that's not going to work because your dad can't do the motivation for you you have to find the motivation yourself so if you're in that situation where you're like I really should learn English but then that's all right that's cool it's okay because there are there are many avenues to into this language okay and it's possible to um, it's possible to find your own motivation when you realize that learning English doesn't have to be like a boring study thing. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. And I think English is diverse enough and, and has enough cool stuff in it, like, you know, all the, 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 the things like the music and the, the TV shows and the movies and just the humor and lots of other stuff that is out there in English. There's enough cool stuff about English and, you know, like computer games and things like that, that you can find your way into the language in some way, right? So uh, nobody can be motivated on your behalf. The motivation must come from you. So find your motivation for learning the language. Make your reasons for learning the language personal to you. Accept that you will have to sideline some other things and prioritise your learning of your target language. You might need to stop watching those crappy soap operas in your first language, for example. Or maybe just dump that boyfriend or girlfriend who really is no good for you and who doesn't believe in you and your efforts to learn English and in fact is holding you back. So, you know, why are you with that person anyway? They're no good for you. You're worth so much more than that. So, you know, be prepared to dump the boyfriend or girlfriend who is holding you back. That's just an example. I don't know if it's really the case for some of you, maybe. And if you're in a loving and supportive relationship or if you're single, you can just ignore that that little bit. Anyway, also try, if you can, to have a positive relationship with the language. Sometimes learning a language can be frustrating because it's difficult. Let's be honest. It is difficult. If it was easy to learn a language, we wouldn't need to talk about it all the time and there wouldn't be a huge industry in language teaching and learning. So it is difficult, especially if you want to get really good and especially if you're learning the language as an adult who's also juggling lots of other things in your life. Learning a language can be a challenge, an enjoyable challenge, but a challenge nonetheless. I know for many of you, though, Learning English is just a great thing that you love doing and it's sort of like your passion or maybe even your obsession and that is great. I have great respect for you because language learning is a great thing to do and it's a really cool thing to be enthusiastic about. So if you're already super motivated to learn English, then fantastic, great, high five. Did I just say high five? I did. I did. 
And I, 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 as I said it, I actually high-fived in the air in front of my laptop as if there's like an invisible hand of many thousands of international people high-fiving me all at the same time through the force or something. I don't know. Anyway, if you are already motivated, then nice one. But a lot of people do find it a challenge and find it hard to keep the motivation up. Why? Well, the structure of the English language might be very different to your mother tongue. The pronunciation feels weird and unnatural. The spelling of words and the way that they're said don't really match, which is a bit annoying, isn't it? In fact, it's all irritatingly confusing and illogical and quite embarrassing when you get it wrong and you feel less intelligent than you are in your first language. In your first language, you might be a truly awesome dude or dudette or whatever the female equivalent of the word dude is. So in your first language, maybe you're an awesome dude, or dudette, dudess. Anyway, but in English, you might be reduced to more of a Mr. Bean character. Ah, oh, hello. Like, you know, I don't know, maybe that's how you may feel sometimes. I don't know. But that's how I feel in French a lot of the time. You know, in English, I'm like, I am Luke from Luke's English Podcast. I can use words. And then in French, I'm like, uh, hello, uh, I would like some bread, please. Okay, my French is a bit better than that, to be honest. But anyway, um, I do sometimes feel a bit stupid. So maybe it's the same for you in English. Although having said that, I've met quite a lot of listeners to this podcast and none of you were Mr. Bean, not even a little bit. So anyway, I'm saying that learning English can be difficult because it's, well, it's like we have a different word for everything, isn't it, in this language? It's like a completely different language or something. Yes, because it is. Um, It can even feel like the language thinks in a different way to how your language thinks, if you know what I mean. I know that languages don't think, but I think you know what I mean. You might not like feeling different or having to change a bit. When you're trying to learn a language, you might feel out of your comfort zone. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Feeling a bit lost or puzzled or confused or frustrated, they're all totally normal and natural reactions. You need to get over that feeling pretty quickly. And you have to weirdly learn to enjoy the feeling of being out of your comfort zone. And you need to find ways to overcome it and then just revel in those moments when you learn things and move forwards, opening up new avenues for yourself in the process. I think the process of learning a language, it kind of, it's up and down. So, you know, when you, when you're feeling a bit down, just remember that it's going to come back up again. You just have to keep going. So leave the negative thoughts behind. They will just hold you back. Don't listen to the negative thoughts. Stay positive at all times. Just be blindly positive. Everything's positive constantly. Like, hey, everything is just great. Uh, maybe not as much as that, but you get the idea. Just be positive, utterly positive all the time. Well, try to look on the bright side and be stubborn as well. Be stubborn, like don't give up. And remember this, right? Remember this thing. You are a natural biological machine designed to learn language. Your brain is totally designed to learn English and it can happen in a very natural way. You just have to kind of get yourself out of the way and let it happen. Get yourself out of the way. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean, kind of don't block yourself. Don't let your your insecurities kind of block you. Just get all that stuff out of the way and let the language, ha- let the magic happen. 
Don't judge yourself too harshly. Try not to worry about how cool you appear to other people or whether you're making mistakes or if you need to monitor your behavior. Just relax a bit and let the magic happen. Keep an open mind. Don't let yourself get blocked. Don't worry about making mistakes too much. Feel good in your progress and just learn from any errors that you make and just be the awesome dude or dudette that you are. Sometimes it it can feel like you're not making progress and you'll be disheartened and maybe even depressed at times. You might think, that's it. That's it for me. I got that. I got that verb form wrong. Uh, It's all finished. I'm a lost cause, you might think. Well, that's okay. You know, that's normal too. We all feel like that. Just keep going, all right? You're not a lost cause. Learning a language is a long-term thing. And there might be periods when you feel that you're not learning that much, but you'll be surprised. Often the learning process is not completely obvious to us. You might not realize it, but your brain is actually dealing with the language work you're doing. Sometimes there's a period in which you feel like you're not making progress, but your brain is working hard. And as long as you're still interacting with the language, using it, listening to it, consuming and producing it, working to memorize words... Your brain is working on doing it better and better all the time, even if you don't realize it. And one day you'll make a breakthrough and you'll realize the the difficult times were worth it because you were making progress then without realizing it. So choose to be positive. Choose to keep your chin up. Enjoy the small bits of progress. Celebrate larger moments of progress. Remember that people all over the world every day have the same struggles as you. It's all normal. Keep going. You're on the right track. Don't stop. Right? Keep it up. I should turn this into a song. Some sort of motivational dance track, shouldn't I? Uh, Basically, motivation is really important. Good. Right. Next one is practice. So practice, this means that you need to to actually do things, right? Right? In a simple way, this means that you need to speak a lot, read a lot, listen a lot, write a lot, and perhaps do some old-fashioned language work with a grammar book, vocabulary book, or pronunciation book, like with CDs or something, or do some other clever little techniques using online resources, or just a dictionary or audio with a transcript, and stuff like that. There'll be more. I'll give more details about little things that you can do later on. But the point is, you need to be doing things as well, right? Practice is like money in the bank. The more you put in, the more you get out, unless there's a huge banking crisis caused by dodgy bankers gambling with our money. But in the language learning bank, this never happens. So don't, you don't need to worry about a banking crash. Your English is safe, even with Brexit and all that stuff. So practice is like money in the bank. You've got to put the work in to get the benefit out later. Okay. The best thing is that if you are motivated, the practice doesn't feel like work. It's just something you enjoy doing. That's where the motivation comes in. It's the fuel that lets you do all the practicing. There are lots of different kinds of practice, which I will talk about later in this episode, which admittedly could turn into another one of those massive episodes that I do. I mean, I don't know how long this is going to be. I've been talking for 38 minutes and I've got quite a lot more to deal with. I think I'm about halfway through. Uh, So there are... um, admittedly, this could turn into another one of those massive episodes that I do. Yeah, seriously, I don't always set out to make long episodes. They just happen. 
clearly the universe or the force or whatever wants me to make longer episodes because even when I set out to do just a reasonably brief episode, they end up pretty long. Like this episode was supposed to be just a quick recap of my aims for doing this podcast. And now it's become something of a marathon episode all about how to learn English. But, you know, oh well. Who's complaining? Are you complaining? No? No, you're not? Good. I I don't know why you would complain anyway. Why would you not want more of this? (laughs) Why would you not want more of this amazing stuff? Here, have some more gold. Here, do you want more gold? Oh, too much gold. What? What? Yes. Um, Why would you not want want more of this? I'm not saying it's gold. It's a podcast. Golden English. Golden words. Words of gold. Ah, that would be a good podcast, wouldn't it? Words of Gold with Luke from Luke's English Podcast. (laughs) It's just an idea. Anyway, why would you not want more of this? I don't know. Uh, Well, I know why, actually, because it doesn't perfectly match the length of your commute to work, which is one of the reasons I sometimes hear. If, If anyone ever tells me that my episodes are a bit too long, they'll say, you know, my commute to work is just half an hour. So, you know, if you could make it exactly, well, 29.3, three, seven minutes, that would be great. And that's what people say sometimes, but I I think that's the only reason. Or, well, perhaps because as a learner of English, it's a bit too hard to concentrate on listening to English for more than, say, 30 minutes at a time, again, depending on your level. That's probably the the good reason for making shorter episodes, to be honest. And that I think that is the accepted wisdom that Learners of English cannot focus on anything for less than 15 minutes or six minutes. In fact, five minutes, just no minutes. Learners of English can't concentrate on any English, so just nothing. Uh, The zero minutes uh, podcast. English in uh, zero minutes. Welcome to the English in zero minutes podcast. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. You know, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Anyway, there there is some accepted wisdom that... uh, uh, learners of English struggle to listen to anything for more than about five seconds. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, anyway, 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 that's probably the good reason for making shorter episodes. And I know it's true, but I'm sorry, don't blame me. Blame the general shape of the universe, because it just seems that I can't do this stuff in just 30 minute chunks. It doesn't come out like that. So I suppose some of you will just have to use that pause button. Uh, on your phone. That's why God invented pause buttons and podcast apps that remember where you pressed pause last time, right? Right. Actually, this whole thing about length of episodes, and I've I, I've talked about this too much, so uh, I won't talk about it very much more now, but actually, I have a uh, a feedback form on my website. If you go to the website in the menu, it says Luke, and I think it says contact or feed. please leave me your feedback. People leave me their feedback quite regularly. And one of the questions is, like, do you listen to the end of every episode? And another question is, what would you change about episodes if you could change something? And the most common answers are, uh, I wouldn't change anything. And the, the, the thing about, do you listen to the end? The most common answers there are, yes, absolutely. I don't want to miss anything. Thanks. That's nice. So anyway, it's not really a problem. So shut up, Luke. What do you mean, shut up? What, stop the podcast? No, I just mean move on. Okay. So, uh, anyway, I was talking about the importance of practice. Okay, so practice. Just remember the five Ps. Practice, 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 practice. Nobody learnt to play a musical instrument 
by reading musical theory. They did it by practising day by day with their hands on the instrument. It's the same with language learning. Practice day after day after day, not just reading the theory, but also but actually doing it, using the language to communicate. Practice day after day after day, which becomes week after week, month after month, year after year, and decade after decade. And this is just the first decade too. We've only just started. Another thing, it's not just what you know, it's what you can do. Remember that one? It's not just what you know, it's about what you can do. So it's not about knowing grammar rules or knowing words. It's also mainly about being able to do things in English. So focus on that. Open your mouth. Speak. It does help if you open your mouth first before you speak, by the way. Uh, Listen for enjoyment and interest. Read for pleasure. Write something that's meaningful and will be pleasant for the person who might read it. It's all about communicating ideas and making English a part of who you are. Uh, you, You own English, by the way. You own it. It's your language too. That's the cool thing about this language. It's open source. So start using it to express yourself right now and feel like you are the owner of this language too. The third thing, so we've had motivation, we've had practice. The third thing is time. Now, here is some basic maths, I think. I have an equation for you. I'm not a mathematician by any stretch. I'm an English teacher. But here's a kind of stupid mathematical equation. And it goes like this. Practice plus time multiplied by motivation equals progress. Hmm? Does that make sense? Now, this is like practice plus time in brackets. So, So you take practice, you add time to that. And then you take the result of that and multiply that by motivation. And the result is progress. I don't know if that's that's any that means anything to any mathematical people. I'm not a mathematician, and that's just a matter that's just a mathematical metaphor rather than a real equation. But anyway, the point is you need to invest time into learning this language. You need to put time into the equation along with practice and motivation. I mean, to be honest, if you're motivated, I don't even really need to say any of this. It's like, oh, you're really motivated. Good job done. But anyway. These are just the things I've learned. So anyway, put time into the equation as well. Practice regularly. Practice for longer than just a few minutes. Practice long term. See, these are the time things. Regularly, for longer periods, and long term. You will need to keep practicing your English forever. It might never be perfect. Because guess what? Perfection doesn't exist. Nobody is completely perfect at English or any language, to be honest, Mm. You might think that Stephen Fry, to take a random example, Stephen Fry, the author, the actor, the comedian, the filmmaker, uh, the writer, um, you might think that Stephen Fry is perfect at English. But I guarantee that he often struggles to find the right words. He often has difficulty when writing. He stammers sometimes when he speaks and makes mistakes here and there. He probably feels bad about something he said slightly badly once. He reads a massive amount and he probably listens to a ton of radio, podcasts and audiobooks. His English is excellent, but it's not perfect because perfection in language is an absolute concept that in reality is sort of impossible to achieve. There is no end point called perfect in language, I think. It's just a continuum. That's a nice word, isn't it? Continuum. It's nice because it's got two U's 
right next to each other. C-O-N-T-I-N-U-U-M. I don't know any other words in English or any other language for that matter that have two U's right next to each other like that. Do I? Wait a minute. Okay, so I've just Googled it and it turns out that I do know another word with two U's. Can you think of another word with two U's in it? Well, it's vacuum. That's right, vacuum, V-A-C-W-M, not W, double U. Right, anyway. So, anyway, continuum is basically a long line. A continuum is a long line rather than a series of points. Imagine a line with an arrow at the end. It just keeps going and going. That's a continuum. So language learning is a kind of a continuum, really. It's just something that there's no real end point. It just keeps going and going. So in this language learning journey that you're on, there may be no destination. And the sooner that you realise that, the better. It's all about the journey. It's an ongoing process. Maybe it's better to make the comparison with learning a musical instrument again. Nobody practices an instrument and then one day just stops playing and says, right, that's it. I'm done. I've finished. I've learned music. Now I can rest. Because, you know, you have to maintain your skills. You have to commune with the music every day. You have to keep your hands or your body in shape to be able to reach all of the notes that you need to reach. You need to play music every day just to maintain your level and to, well, to keep pushing it further. And language is the same, I think, in that sense. So spend time on it regularly for longer periods, long term. And just listening regularly to this podcast, at the very least, will help as a kind of foundation. So let's move on to the next uh, thing here, which is how to use this podcast to help your English. So I've, you know, I've just, as I've just said, regularly listening to my podcast can definitely help you. And as a constant basic thing in your life, you should keep doing that. Listen regularly, listen for longer periods and listen long term to my podcast or indeed any other podcast that works for you. Other podcasts are available, of course, just pick the one that works for you. And yes, films and TV shows can also be good, but that's slightly different because with films and TV series, you're in front of a screen, you're locked to the show, you're perhaps reading subtitles, which in fact is reading rather than listening, but certainly you're only doing that. You're you're only focusing on the show, which is great, but that's the only thing you can do while you're doing it. With podcasts, you can listen while you're doing something else, which is a big advantage when it comes to saving time. So the basic thing is just listen, all right? But what else can you do? What other kinds of practice can you do and how can this podcast fit into that? I should say at this point that obviously, you know, I'm talking about learning a language and I'm talking about how we do it and stuff like that. And I'm going to give you some little tips and things, probably some stuff I've said in podcast episodes in the past. I'm just going to repeat myself a bit. But obviously, you know, when we're talking about learning a language, um, uh, you know, there are certain other things obviously that are true, like the fact that, really the best way to learn English would be to do it when you're when you're young, you know, when you're a child and you just kind of soak it up and learn it in the same way that you would learn your native language. But, you know, you can't go back in time. Can you? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Can you? You can? You've got a time machine? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, so you, you can't go back in time, obviously. Uh, you can go forward in time and we're doing it right now, right? Anyway, so learning as a child, but also learning 
the, the other way of doing it is is that you uh, you you end up in a situation in which you are forced to learn the language in order to communicate and sort of survive on a daily basis. Like, for example, when you go and live in another country and you get a job uh, doing something and you're surrounded by native speakers of that language and people are just talking to you and you, you've got things to do and you, you, you desperately need to be able to communicate in order to just get by on a daily basis. That's the sort of situation in which you really learn the language. That's that's where it really happens. Um, and so, you know, obviously we all know that, right? But uh, I guess the thing is that not all of you have that option in your lives, right? You can't just be like, well, I think I'll just go to, I'm going to go to England and I'll just be in England and I'll get a job in England and and, and Bob's your uncle. I mean, that's just not a, a realistic possibility for many of you. So as you know, uh, the situation is that you are trying to find other ways to uh, get uh, your English level uh, up, right? Okay, so so then, what else can you do? What other kinds of practice can you do beyond just listening to this podcast? And how can this podcast fit into that? Well, I've talked about this before in previous episodes. For example, in episode 174, which was called How to Learn English with Luke's English Podcast, and also some other episodes like the ones about breaking the intermediate plateau, which I did, and various others that I've recorded over the years. It all depends on what kind of learner you are and what works for you. I think there isn't one universal method which works for everyone. Um, and all, obviously there are so many methods floating around, you know, people's particular methods of learning English, and this is the best way. It all depends on, on the individual. You have to choose the kind of practice that works for you, fits into your lifestyle and matches your motivation. And that's a good thing. A lot of people worry about whether they're doing the right thing and whether they're following the right method. Just do what works for you because all roads lead to Rome, which is a phrase all roads lead to Rome basically just means that uh, whatever road you take, you will get to the destination. And there are many roads that all lead to the same destination. As long as you're practicing, you're staying positive, you're staying motivated, you're enjoying it mostly and spending time on practicing your language, that's great. Find the thing that works for you and that's great. Often the best methods are the ones that just make you feel good while you're practicing. Although saying that, it is important to push yourself out of your comfort zone and don't be lazy. But at the same time, it's better to, to be doing something rather than nothing, isn't it? Seems obvious, but it's still worth stating that. I mean, you know, some people kind of think, I'm certain about this. Some people think, well, I'm not practicing my language learning in the right way. Therefore, I won't do it at all, which is a big mistake. It's a bit like going, well, I'm not going to, I'm not able to speak correctly and perfectly. So I won't speak at all. Another mistake. In language learning, something is always better than nothing. So interact with English regularly, even if you feel like it's not 100% the best method in the world. It's better to do that than nothing at all. For example, if all you do is just listen to my podcast and you don't really do anything else, well, that's okay. I would encourage you to do other types of practice too, but certainly only listening to my podcast is by no means a bad thing. If it's a case of only listen to a podcast in English without doing other work or don't do anything at all, obviously only listening to the podcast is a far, 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 far better option. Obviously. That seems obvious, but uh, I know from experience 
and personal experience too, as a learner of French, that we are all likely to think from time to time, um, oh, just listening to this podcast episode isn't going to solve all my language learning problems, so I'll just do something else instead. That's human nature. But listening to the podcast episode or reading a few pages from that book or whatever it is that you're doing with your English is always better than doing just nothing or maybe even just farting around in your first language, your wonderful first language. Anyway, doing something in English is usually better than nothing. Obviously, I mean, it seems obvious, but it's worth reminding ourselves. So just sitting back with your headphones on and listening to me or listening to someone else on another podcast, that's totally fab and brilliant and magical, even if it is the basic minimum you can do. But I've said it before and I'll say it again. This podcast works best as part of a balanced diet. I mean, you'll make more progress if you combine listening with other more active forms of practice. You should also be doing plenty of speaking, ideally in conversation with real people in English, preferably with native speakers, but not necessarily. And you should be doing reading and writing practice as well. Reading is really important because, well, basically you've got to see the language as well as hear it. Remember, language exists in many forms. It's, it exists in the, the oral form, the spoken form. It's, it exists, uh, in, it exists uh, visually, it exists orally, it exists physically in, in terms of the way that you produce the sounds and all that stuff. So it exists in many forms and you have to be familiar with it in all those forms. You need to be able to write it. That's spelling and grammar and structure and understanding the conventions of certain kinds of text, like how to organize an essay, a letter, a report, an email, an informal text and stuff. So you need to be able to write it. You need to be able to read it in various forms like books, articles and stuff. You need to be able to get it, you know, get used to reading different types of text, uh, including things like maybe technical manuals or legal writing, like those complicated long sentences that you might get in legal um, uh, English. Uh, you need to be able to understand it when it's spoken. And that's your listening skills in order to identify the main topic, but also to get the nuances like the small details, the attitude of the speaker and the ways in which words might be joined together and how different accents sound. And you need to be able to speak the language too, of course, which means being able to convey exactly what you mean fairly quickly, confidently and with some nuance too, using your voice, using your body, uh, your you know, the way you produce the sounds and also using your body language as well in combination. To get the fully rounded and complete English that you need, it's important to work on those four skills. You also need to work on language systems like grammar, vocabulary and pronunciation because these are the building blocks of the language. But remember that those building blocks are always used to express an idea, to communicate a message. And that's the most important point of language. That's the main main point. It's there to communicate a message. So always prioritize the effective communication of your message. That's the most important thing. Now, this doesn't mean that you should ignore accuracy. By accuracy, I mean correct grammar or correct word usage, correct spelling, correct pronunciation. So I don't mean that you should ignore being accurate. Um, no, accuracy is also important, of course. 
Uh, what I mean is that it's best to practice using language for communication rather than just doing mechanical practice of grammar, for example. So my point here is that English is something you can do. It's not just something you know. Focus on being able to do things in English, like, for example, being able to tell stories about yourself. You know, those little stories about our lives that we all have, like the story of our career or the, the story of the main relationships in our lives. Like, how did you meet your best friend or how did you meet your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife? Um, you know, you need to be able to do these things. Uh, that's just one example. In a wider sense, this all means that you need to let English into your life in a personal way and learn how to use English to express yourself as a person. It's not just about knowing the right irregular verb or knowing the rule of how past perfect is used. So studying grammar definitely helps, of course, uh, but don't forget all those other things. Uh, but here are some ideas about how this podcast can help you with your English and specific things that you can do using this podcast beyond just listening to it regularly. First of all, you should become a premium subscriber, of course, as you know, because in those premium episodes, I actually cut out a lot of the annoying work that you normally have to do and kind of hand all the language to you on a plate with practice exercises and some pronunciation drills and everything. So that will certainly certainly help you maximize your learning with my podcast. But in terms of other things, here are some ideas. Okay, so you need to be mindful and notice language when you're listening. So this, so being mindful and noticing, this just means paying attention to the language as you hear it. Okay. Try to notice features of grammar, certain phrases, ways in which words join together in fluent speech. Noticing or being mindful, it just means paying attention really and reflecting on the language that you're hearing. You can make mental notes um, as you listen just kind of going in your head, kind of going, oh, it's interesting. That's interesting how he's using will to talk about the future here and then going to here or, hmm, how did he structure that sentence about the past? Oh, let's listen to that again and stuff like that. You can skip back and listen to bits again. You can make actual notes on paper or on a computer or on a phone. You could push it even further and transcribe parts of an episode Transcribing is a super duper mindful listening exercise because you end up having to focus on every single minute detail when you're transcribing and it forces you to really pay attention. There is a transcription project for this podcast, by the way, which is run by listeners. You can join in and there's more information on that in a minute. Uh, you should also check the pages for episodes uh, where a lot of the language will be written uh, you might find words written there. There might, might be word lists. You might find words or phrases that you didn't know, but you heard me using. Um, you can then uh, just, just notice them, uh, or you can copy and paste them into your word lists or your flashcard apps or whatever sweet technological wizardry you like to use. Um, and obviously on the page for pages for episodes, you'll often find transcripts there too which is nice. Another idea is shadowing. Shadowing. You know what a shadow is? Like if you go outside and it's a sunny day and the sun is shining on you and it leaves a shadow on the ground. Um, shadowing. All right. But anyway, shadowing in terms of language learning, this basically means repeating after me. 
You can talk along with me if you can keep up, or you pause the podcast and repeat what I'm saying. Some people actually shadow uh, all the way through my episodes. So I'll be talking like, hello, and the other the person listening is going, hello, and kind of repeating everything I'm saying at the same time, like I'm like, like some sort of echo, uh, which is, you know, something that works for, for some people, um, just kind of trying to repeat along with me, either live, you know, while listening or using the pause button and then repeating after me. But there's an idea, shadowing. You could also try responding to what I'm saying using your own words, you know, your own thoughts in your head or out loud or on paper or in the comment section on the website. Um, you could just respond to any part of an episode with your own thoughts. It can make it more like a conversation. You could even just pause the podcast and talk for a little bit on your own. It doesn't mean that you're mad or insane or anything. Um, it doesn't. I mean, I know I'm, I'm in, sort of encouraging you to talk to yourself, but that doesn't mean that you're crazy, okay? It's okay. You can tell the doctors or the specialists that I told you to do it, okay? I mean, I told you to talk to yourself, not rob a bank or anything. I will not take responsibility for your criminal tendencies or your language learning. Both of them are ultimately your responsibility. That's what I'm saying. Ha ha ha, little bit of humour there. Ha ha ha, yes. It certainly helps the language learning process, doesn't it? Uh, awkward. I don't know. Sometimes there are moments in my episodes where some little awkward thing happens and I'm like, ha ha, uh, it was, uh, was, did you find that funny or was that just awkward? I don't know. And probably there's someone going, I didn't, this was awkward. I will stop listening. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who you are or where you are. I'm like the opposite of... Um, Liam Neeson in the film Taken. I don't know. No, that's what he says. I am Liam Neeson. I don't know who you are. I don't know. Uh, what What are you doing? <laughs> I, I wish that Liam Neeson was an English teacher and he was doing a podcast and he was, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are. Although I do have some statistics that give me a general idea of where you are. Um, but I, I do know that you're learning English and I will find you. I will. Uh, All right, let's move on. Language exchanges, there's an idea. Find someone who speaks English, who wants to learn your language. Uh, yeah, you get it? Like, let's say um, you find someone from the UK who wants to learn Spanish, let's say. Um, how do you find these people? Well, I'll, t I'll tell you in a moment. But you could do like language exchange. You know what a language exchange is, right? Of course you do. You find someone who speaks English and who wants to learn your language. And then you, you talk to each other. And you kind of help each other. You do 30 minutes in English and then you do 30 minutes in your language. It helps if you find someone who is actually serious about doing it and isn't a complete time waster. You might need to shop around. You might have to have a few disappointing experiences before you find the right person. But uh, you can set up language exchanges with other users on italki, for example, and that's free. So I've t I, you've heard me talking about italki before. They are one of the sponsors for this podcast. Um, you can use italki. You can sign up for italki completely free. And then you can use the platform to find people who are interested in doing a language exchange. And that's all completely free. 
So you could use italki to find someone who wants to learn your language and someone who speaks English as a first language, for example, and set up a language exchange. But you may need to go through a few people. It can be a bit like online dating in a sense that the first person you meet is not necessarily going to be the person of your dreams. You might need to kind of go through a few people um, before you find, you know, uh, the right one, the one for you. So if you do choose to do language exchanges, you'll need to, you might have a few bad experiences with people who just aren't good, uh, who, who you know, it's, it's quite tricky to find the right person. You need to find someone who's on the right wavelength as you, the same kind of tastes as you, someone you get on with, and then someone who's got the right approach to learning languages, you know, so it can take a bit of time to find the right person. But when you do find the right person, a language exchange can be a wonderful way to improve your English and also help someone else improve their their language, um, their language of choice. Um, there are also meetups. This is like social occasions where you can get together with people and speak English. Uh, there are Luke's English podcast meetups, uh, or at least just chat with friends. You can organise social events in English, like, for example, board game sessions or whatever. You could check my website for Luke's English Podcast meetups, or you can organise one yourself and then tell me about it and I'll advertise it on the podcast. Give me plenty of notice in advance. You can also check websites like meetup.com to see if there are, if there are English language events happening in your area. Okay. Uh, another thing is obviously italki lessons. I just mentioned them there for language exchanges, but italki is, I mean, I've, as again, I've mentioned them lots of times at the beginning of episodes in the little one minute promo that I do for them because they're my sponsor. But, you know, you could consider getting some private tuition with a teacher on italki and then poof, Bob's your uncle. I mean, it, you know, you have to spend some money, but uh, there you go. You've got your English teacher and you can have regular lessons on Skype. You can just stay at home and have your English conversations as regularly as you want. Um, you know, it's really good. It's a really good service. So you could check them out and use my offer. Uh, you'll get an italki voucher. They'll send it to you as a reward for being a Lepster. Um, and you get that by going to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk. Or not, you don't have to do that. It's just a suggestion. Um, peer groups, Peer groups, P-E-E-R. Peer groups, this is like groups of like-minded individuals, um, groups of people who are also learning English. Uh, try to find groups of people and share the language learning journey. The comments section on my website might be a good way to start. You could try leaving some friendly responses to other people's comments. Be friendly, be nice. Talk to talk to the other members of the comments section. Who knows? You might make friends. You might end up in a Skype group chatting with friendly people in English. Um, getting your errors corrected. This is a this is a good thing if you can if you can find out how to do it. Get find someone who can correct your errors. Probably in writing. I think there are services online that will correct your writing, but honestly, I'm not sure where they are. If you know any of these things. Listeners, if you know any like uh, services online that will correct your writing, let us know in the comments section of this episode. I haven't actually Googled it, to be honest. Maybe you could do that, you know, with the internet. Just use the internet, Google, um, or any other search engine. All other search engines are available. 
search for things like uh, uh, writing correction services in English. You might find people who can help you. Um, and then you can do your writing and send it to them and see the corrections that they, they send to you. And that's a good way of reflecting on your English and correcting your mistakes and moving on. Also, self-correction. Use your passive knowledge of grammar, spelling, vocabulary to correct your writing. And I think I've got more to say on this in a minute. Uh, grammar books. Yes. Um, I, I'm, I'm not one of these people who, who tells you that you, you should learn a language without studying the grammar. I think it's possible to learn a language without doing the grammar work. But I think doing grammar work doesn't hurt. I think it can be really important, in fact, in order to help you get that kind of understanding of what's right and what's wrong, which can then help you to reflect on the, the English that you've produced or the writing you've done. Obviously, you shouldn't be blinded by grammar. That's a problem. Sometimes people, when they read all the grammar rules, they get all the rules stuck in their head and it blinds them and it stops them communicating. So don't let that happen. But at the same time, it's good to dip into a grammar book sometimes in order to answer some of those questions that have been bothering you, maybe. So you can also go through the exercises in a grammar book and try to get them right, of course. It'd be weird if you tried to get them wrong, wouldn't it? So go through the grammar book and try to get them right. Read the grammar rules, or should I say guidelines, because those rules are full of exceptions. Uh, read those things because they can be a neat shortcut to understanding how the language really works. And also try to notice the language you're studying in the grammar book and use the grammar book to confirm what you're hearing in the real world. For example, you could study some language in your grammar book and then make a point of trying to notice it being used in the English that you're reading or listening to. Um, here's another thing, another idea. You could write a diary in English. Write things in English every day, even if it's boring stuff like I went to work today and then I got a headache because my boss stresses me out and then I had some cake. You know, it could, it doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter what it is really. Just find your voice in English and write something every day. Even if nobody else reads it, it's still good practice. Write your ideas down without worrying too much about being correct and then read it again and correct it like a teacher and then write the thing again with the improvements. You could write a response to a topic in the podcast, for example, or if it's your diary, just write about what you did using past tenses all the time and express your feelings and describe what you want to happen in the future and things like that, you know. Write imaginary letters or emails or maybe write real emails too to like real people. Um, find a pen friend. That's not a friend who's a pen. Like, oh, oh, hello, Mr. Byro. You're my special friend, aren't you? Not like a, not that kind of pen friend. Not a, f no, you know what I mean? Like a person who, who you write to. Uh, the person you don't necessarily meet a lot, but someone you write to regularly, find a pen friend. Again, there are websites that can help you find a pen friend. Like I said before, you could Google it, like find pen friend in English. You could Google that. I mean, I can't do absolutely everything for you, okay? If you can't find a real pen friend, I don't know, just use your imagination. You have an imagination, right? Use it. Um, reading. You could read graded readers, 
Graded readers are books which have been adapted to your level, okay? So you've got, if you're going to read a book, you've got books written for native English speakers or people who've, you know, got proficient English. And then you've got other books which have been graded. That means the number of words been, has been reduced. They've been simplified a bit and they can be simplified at different levels. So you could try reading graded readers. They're published by Penguin, uh, Black Cat, and other publishers. You could search Penguin Readers or Black Cat Readers. Search for them on Amazon. You might find them in any other bookshop. You might find graded readers in your library, or perhaps you could just buy some, as I said, from Amazon, or another bookseller that actually pays its taxes. Oh, controversial. Uh, Graded readers are books which have been adapted to different levels of English. They're easier to read. And this is a good thing because reading normal books in English can be crushing and difficult. So what's the point, you know? If you can't understand it and you don't finish it, ah, what's the point? Don't punish yourself. You could just make it a bit easier. Uh, With graded books, you get the satisfaction of finishing a book in English. And that's very good. It's important that if you're reading, you read things that you can mostly understand with a certain amount that you don't understand so that you can use the, 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 the bits that you understand to help you understand the bits that you don't. So graded readers can be very, very useful. Uh, you could record yourself and listen back to it. You could use my TED Talk technique. Do you know what that is? You know what TED Talks are. You just go to TED.com, T-E-D.com, to find out about TED Talks. But my TED Talk technique is this. In a nutshell, first you watch the TED Talk with no subtitles or anything, no no script. Just watch it, try and understand it. Maybe you could just pick TED Talks that are like five minutes long. You can use their search, uh, their advanced search bar to find um, the shorter TED Talks. So watch the TED Talk, just try and understand it. Point one. Uh, Next part, you could watch the TED Talk and pause it after every bit. Like, you know, the first part of the TED Talk would be like, uh, telling stories is a really important part of communication. And you pause and you say, telling stories is a really important part of communication. Right? You try and repeat line by line the thing that the person says in their talk. So it's like shadowing, but you're using the pause button and you're trying to repeat it word for word, exactly the way they've done it. Okay, that's a very good exercise. It's like transcribing, but with your voice. Okay, and then what you do after you've paused, you check the transcript because almost every TED Talk has a transcript. So you check the transcript and see if what you said was the same. And and if it's different, you need to find out why. What happened? Why did you do it differently? Is it because you didn't understand a word? In which case, check out that word. Or is it because of some feature of pronunciation? Maybe they were, maybe the connected speech meant that it sounded like something else. So investigate and then go on. Next sentence, play it, pause it, repeat it, check it in the transcript, research any words that you don't know. Obviously, if you're using a five minute TED talk, that helps. You don't have to do the whole talk. You can just do the first few minutes or just select a section of the talk and just use that. You see? And you keep going. And then what you could do is use the transcript and just repeat the talk yourself. Maybe record it and see what it sounds like. Okay? And, you know, don't don't feel bad if it doesn't sound amazing. Um, just keep doing it and trying to make it better and better. And eventually, over over time, if you do this regularly, you'll find that you're pronouncing things more naturally, you're expanding your vocab and so on. 
There you go. That's my TED Talk technique technique in a nutshell. Uh, and that works for any any audio that's got a transcript. Um, okay. Another thing is you, you could transcribe portions of my episodes. Just join the Orion transcript team. Again, in a nutshell, what happens here is that um, the Orion team, it's a transcription project. So the way it works is you go on the website and you go to transcripts and you read the rules. You must read the rules first. There are not many rules, but they're important. If you don't read the rules, then, you know, you might mess something up and and sort of spoil the system. So do read the rules first. And essentially, once you've read the rules and you know what you, the do's and don'ts, you just open up a Google document and you'll find the links on the website. Open up a Google document and you'll see for uh, it's probably for an episode that is not finished yet you'll see that there have been um time codes marked in the google document you can just put your name next to an empty section a section where no one has transcribed yet put your na- name next to a bit where there are time codes with no words between them put your name there find that section of that episode of the podcast so using the time codes and then you play and pause and rewind and play and pause again and so on and type out exactly what you hear. And the, the, the section will be just three minutes long. Don't try and do the whole episode. It's far too long, far too much. It's just ridiculous. It's impossible. And your brain will collapse if you try and do that. Trust me, don't try and do a whole episode. Um, unless you are a special individual um and you're super super motivated some people do whole episodes but i you know hats off to you if you've done that because that's tough but i recommend that you just try and do you know a three minute chunk and if if that goes all right do another three minute chunk and so on but um and that's it that's it and then you know you'll see that people are contributing chunks of the episodes and eventually the whole transcript will be done and then um other listeners with higher levels of english will proofread those chunks it's cool. It's great. You can leave comments on the Google documents to sort of say, I don't know what this word is and can you help me? If there's a bit that you don't understand, you just leave a, a space there with a time code next to it. And this is the process of transcribing uh, episodes. It's very good for your English. It makes you notice things that you wouldn't normally notice. Other, th- other things you can do, write things, write comments in the comments section and chat with other listeners. Feel free to discuss ideas and things, but always try to be friendly and respectful, which is a good exercise in life in general. Listen to episodes several times if you can. You'll notice so much more on repeat listens. There are loads of things to do and there are loads of ideas out there, loads of other ideas and methods and techniques out there that you can use to improve your English with this podcast or indeed without this podcast. Feel free to share those ideas in the comments section. If you've got a particular method or technique or a little thing that you do to help you improve your English with this podcast or just generally in your life, do leave it in the comments section. I'm sure that other listeners would be very happy to to read those things. Okay. So how are you? How are you all doing out there in podcast land? Are you feeling motivated for 2019? I should certainly hope so. So to recap, the main thing I want you to do is just listen, but listen more, listen regularly, listen for longer periods and listen long term. Hopefully my podcast can help. Also, through listening, you can certainly improve your English significantly, but it will help if you do other things too. If you get creative with it, if you use your imagination, and if you let yourself go a bit. Okay? Okay. So, finally, then, what does this all mean to me personally? 
so for me, if if you're interested, this podcast for me is a labour of love, um, with more emphasis on the love than the labour. I mean, a labour of love. It, I mean, it, I work hard on this, but mainly it's something that I just love doing, which makes it not feel like work. I believe the Chinese philosopher Confucius may have said at some point, choose a job you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. I think he probably didn't say it in English. (laughs) I don't know, maybe he spoke English. I don't think he did. I don't think one day he was surrounded by all his other Chinese people and he just one day said, choose a job you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. And all the other people like, what? What? Uh, Sorry, we didn't understand that because none of us speak English yet in China, in whenever it was that he said that. Anyway, the point is, it's a famous phrase, which people say Confucius said, and it's choose a job you love, and you'll never have to work a day in your life. So I think it's kind of true for me. This podcast project, uh, which also includes includes things like my website, my premium service, and other things like the occasional videos I upload and stuff like that. This is where I use my professional skills as a teacher to make my content. But also, I get to use this as a platform for my creativity, for interviewing interesting people, and for just rambling on about topics that I personally find fascinating. And also, it's a great joy for me to be able to share my culture and my language with my listeners who come from all around the world and who often contact me on social media, by email and in the comments section of my website, where there are regular commenters who have created something of a community of friendly lepsters, the comment section crew on the uh, on the website there. Hello to you guys. Uh, now, most of my listeners are ninjas, not literally uh, although who knows, maybe there are actual ninjas listening to this in their ninja training centres, wherever they are. But no, I mean, what I mean by ninjas is that uh, I mean just people who stay hiding in the shadows, metaphorically speaking, listening intently, but never revealing themselves or getting in touch with me. So most of my listeners fall into that category. Most of them are quote unquote ninjas. Every now and then, a ninja will emerge from the shadows, send me a message or leave a comment on the website, and then disappear forever. In my experience, the vast majority of my audience are lovely, like-minded people who are united by their interest in learning English and hopefully the sorts of things that get talked about on this podcast, which is nice. My top 10 countries right now at the time of recording this are, in reverse order... In 10th place, we have Ukraine. Then number nine is Italy. Number eight, Germany. Number seven, Poland. Number nine, Korea. South Korea, I suppose. Number five, the UK. I suppose that's probably non-native speakers who are currently living in the UK before they all get thrown out after Brexit. I don't know if you're going to be thrown out, guys. Uh, We'll see what's going to happen there. Uh, It's a nightmare, isn't it? Oh, sorry. I brought the tone down by mentioning the seriousness of Brexit. But anyway, in fifth position, we have the UK. Fourth position is Spain. Third position at the moment is Japan. Second place is China. And in first place right now is Russia. Russia and China are usually sort of uh, uh, fighting for first position. Fighting? Not really. Russia and Japan are usually sort of vying for, for the number one spot. At the moment, it's Russia. So the chances are that you are currently living in one of those places. If so, hello. And if you're living in another country that's not in the list, then I would like to extend a very warm hello to you too. In fact, I think there might be more people listening outside of those top 10 countries, you know? Like, it's not... I think that 
Those are the top 10 countries, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the majority of listeners are in that list. Because you're all spread out across different parts of the globe. The top 10 countries represent where my audience kind of bunch up together. But according to my online stats, I have listeners in about 200 countries around the world. So maybe I've got more people in the other 190 countries than I do in the top 10 countries. So I don't know. If you're not in the top 10, then hello. And please tell some of your mates about the podcast in order to get your country into the top 10. Russia, Japan, China are the usual winners of this weird international premiership of countries that I have going on here. Uh, Those countries also have pretty large populations, which might have something to do with it. You know, maybe that's why China and and Russia and Japan are up there. But, you know, India also has got a huge population and they're not in the top 10. India is number 28 in the list, by the way. So I don't really understand the statistics. I think probably in India, people... I mean, a lot of people speak English in India, so maybe that's it. Anyway, I don't really understand my statistics, to be honest. I don't really know how to interpret them all the time. Except I understand that people in the world listen to me talking, and that is marvellous. So thank you for listening. So this podcast is my personal project, and it's now a source of income for me. My free episodes are sponsored by italki and Spoken and also Audible, uh, all of whom offer services for improving your English. Well, especially italki and Spoken. Audible, that's the company you can use to get audiobooks. So italki and Spoken both offer services for improving your English in ways that go well with this podcast. For example, with italki, you can get regular speaking practice into your life. Those sponsors support the free episodes and they also offer you discounts and stuff like that. And then then uh, my premium subscription service also helps me put food on the table and pay the rent and pay the mortgage, as well as cover the costs of running this whole project. And there are costs involved, hosting all my audio and video content, hosting my website. And I've got quite a large audience, so that means quite a lot of bandwidth gets used and stuff like that. The costs of the recording equipment that helps me keep the sound quality as high as possible so that you can hear every word I say without having to damage your hearing in the process. All of that costs money, uh, but the podcast is paying for itself and it's also putting food on the table, which is great. Also, my work is supported by my audience, you, who send donations sometimes to me as an expression of gratitude. So thank you guys if you have done that. Uh, You are wonderful humans. Or maybe aliens, I don't know. Maybe you're aliens and you're hiding amongst us. And rather than sort of doing evil things like we would assume the aliens would do, maybe you're, the aliens have come down and they're living amongst us and they're doing nice things like they're supporting, to my, they're supporting my podcast and things like that. I don't know. What are you talking about, Luke? Aliens? Never mind. All in all, the podcast now helps me to live my life and do certain basic and vital things like support my family, buy food in the supermarket, buy nappies for my daughter, train tickets to see my family and other essentials like proper tea bags from Marks and Spencer and biscuits and cake and stuff. So let me tell you, it is a wonderful thing that I can do something I love, podcasting, in order to help me do other things I love, like drinking tea and buying cinema tickets, and to provide things for people I love my wife and my daughter. All right. So uh, we're going to keep going. How does this podcast work and how can you listen to it? Well, you're listening to it now. So I guess you've pretty much worked this one out. But still, 
It's worth just telling you a few things about how this works. You can listen on a computer or you can listen on your phone. There, are me- there may be other ways to get it. The podcast is on Spotify as well, by the way. Listening on your phone. Well, most people listen using a podcasting app on their phone. For example, the Apple Podcasts app or maybe the equivalent podcast app on Android phones. Other podcasting apps are available like Pocket Casts and CastBox and iVooks and so on. But of course, truly the best way to enjoy listening to this podcast on your phone is to use my app, the Luke's English Podcast app, which is available free from the App Store. Why is it better, Luke? Well, it does pretty much the same things that those other apps do. Like, for example, you can download episodes into the app for offline listening, or you can change the playback speed. You can select your favorite episodes and uh, and stuff like that. But there's quite a lot of bonus content in the Luke's English podcast app. That's the main advantage. Uh, there's bonus stuff. There, there are uh, some episodes contain bonus audio clips. For example, little bits that I've edited out of the normal episode, and I stick them in as bonus content. And there are loads of other stuff. I mean, there are there's a whole uh, category of app only episodes that you might not have heard. And in fact, there are loads of videos. There are also uh, about 150 short episodes about phrasal verbs, all in the Luke's English Podcast app and available free. You can also access my premium episodes using the app. You just log in with your premium premium details and Bob's your uncle. All the premium content is right there for you to enjoy in your own time. So in my opinion, the best way to listen on your phone is through my app. I would say that, wouldn't I? Uh, but I do consider the LEP app to be the home of Luke's English podcast on your phone. So most people listen to the podcast on their phone, probably while riding a bus or something like that. That's the cool thing about audio podcasts. You can listen to them while you're doing other things, which allows you to get more English into your life by multitasking. It's not like watching English videos on YouTube or Netflix, which require 100% of your attention. You can listen while doing the housework, while walking down the street, while sitting on the loo, or many other things that we all have to do, no matter where in the world we live. It's also possible to listen to the podcast on your computer, probably on my website, where you'll find the entire archive of episodes. And I've done episodes on loads of different topics. Just have a look and you'll see. Go to teacherluke.co.uk. That's teacher. You know how to spell teacher. T-E-A-C-H-E-R. And then Luke. That's L-U-K-E. Okay, Luke. Not luck. No, not look. Uh, Luke, teacherluke.co.uk and then click episodes and you'll find all of the episodes I've ever done plus loads of other stuff. There's lots of other uh, website only content there as well that you won't know about unless you visit the archive. Uh, The advantage of listening on your computer is that you can check out all the notes, transcripts and other information which I present on the pages for these episodes. Also, you can leave your comments in the comments section. You can read other people's comments and all that stuff. Uh, Also, all the premium content is available via my website too. By the way, if you want more details about the premium content and how to register for it, just go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium, which you should really do if you want your life to be even more awesome than it already is. Uh, A good way to get easy access to the website pages for episodes is to join my mailing list, which is on the website in the top right-hand corner of every page. Okay, Um, join the mailing list. Um... And you'll get an email whenever I upload a new episode or something else on the website. 
And as I said, sometimes I upload website-only content, like perhaps a letter from me to you, a music mix, maybe, uh, my appearances on other people's podcasts or videos, because sometimes I'm interviewed by other people, usually about something humour-related or comedy-related, it seems, and things like that. So join the mailing list. You'll get an email in your inbox with a link when I upload something. Click the link and it'll take you straight to that page. All right? Uh, That's probably enough now, isn't it? I think so. Okay, so that was my chance to take stock, restate some of the aims of this podcast and help us put our best foot forwards in 2019. As ever, I am always happy to read your comments and emails. If you have any thoughts about any of this, about my podcast, about your English, about tips for improving your English, or if I've missed anything, please write a comment or send an email through the website or the app. I look forward to recording more episodes of this podcast for you in the coming months. And there will be conversations with my dad, with Amber and Paul, with other guests, uh, more episodes about British comedy, more stuff about accents, premium episodes with language teaching and plenty of other things coming. Thank you for listening to my podcast and for being wonderful human beings. Have a great day, morning, evening, night or whatever time of day it is out there in Lepland. Speak to you again in the next episode. And by the way, I think if you've been wondering what I was doing during the holiday, if you've got questions about, you know, hey, how was your how was your Christmas, Luke? What about your family? Did you record any episodes with them? I'm going to put some bonus audio into this episode in the app and I'll just give you a little update and I'll just kind of chat to you about the holiday and stuff like that and give you some general bits of news. So if you want to know what I've been doing and um, how my Christmas holidays were and all that stuff, uh, in the Luke's English podcast app, click the little gift icon and there'll be a little bit of bonus audio where I'm going to just talk to you a little bit more. Okay, but for now... That's the end. I'll speak to you again in the next episode. But for now, as I said, now it's time to say goodbye. So I'll say that right now then. Okay, goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.